Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland. It's another week. And at the beginning of this week, you now can tune in to the Smith and Rowland Unplugged podcast, where you will be both challenged, blessed, and amazed at the eloquence <laughs> of our, our articulate tones. Stop it. Just stop, stop it. I can't do it. I can't keep doing it. I Why? Can't. I don't understand. <laughs> well, I mean, it, those are just normal introductions. Yeah, but it makes understand. my key keyboard sticky. It's got so much honey on it. <laughs> Well, like he, like I, mean, he you know, I have been offered <laughs> jobs by many talk shows just to give the introduction. And I've turned them all down to stay where I am with the Smith and Rowland show. Yeah, but it's that same voice like you take up an offering. You see, that's that's why it sounds like you take up an offering. <laughs> Those are days uh, long past me, my brother. <laughs> Praise the Lord oh, Jesus. It is hallelujah. Listen, we got an article here. It's under the Roy's report. Title of the article is Pastor and Author Scott Sauls mm-hmm. has resigned from Nashville Mega Church. Yes. I declare yeah. we got preachers dropping like flies. Now, I mean everybody's just out he, there folding uh, like a cord is he been, just leaving their post. Now it's always been some type of sexual sin or something. Now what's going on here with, with this pastor? Jim? I think what's going on with this pastor is at the heart of what goes on even in many of the uh sexual things. I, I this is at the heart of it. He didn't have a sexual failure though, did he? No, no, there was not a, a no. sexual failure at all. He was an influential evangelical pastor, it says, and he authored several books, and he resigned. He offered his resignation, apparently, this past Sunday night, November the 12th, and this is after he had been on an indefinite leave of absence since May, and he apologized for an unhealthy leadership style. Can we just pause? Well, I smell woke. I'm sorry. I just uh, yeah, with I do I too. smell woke, wokeism here. We don't know the full story, but what is cited in this article is extremely troubling to me on a number of levels. And it goes into, I guess, how you view the role of pastoral authority in the church. This pastor apologized for his leadership style. He uh, had been on an indefinite leave of absence. And he said this, he said he had hoped to continue forward and help the church. He told the congregation during the meeting, this is according to the Tennessean newspaper that first reported the news of Saul's resignation. But he said, we now believe that the most merciful thing to do is to step aside so the church can seek new leadership and that he can seek the Lord's will for whatever comes next. The church didn't respond to his uh, or comment on his resignation, but they did accept it. And uh, listen, this pastor, it said his protege, Tim Keller, who's apparently passed on, said that this pastor's ministry was marked by kindness and grace rather than culture war politics, in books that he had written like A Gentle Answer, Our Secret Weapon in an Age of Us Against Them. He wrote the book called Befriend, and he wrote a book called Irresistible Faith. But here's what he admitted to earlier this year. He said he had been harsh with church staff, and he had used the power of the pulpit as a weapon against those who disagreed with him. He said he verbalized insensitive and verbal criticism of others' work. He said that in an apology to the congregation. He said he'd use social media and the pulpit to quiet dissenting viewpoints. 
Now, here's the problem that I have with that, Alan. I'd like for you to speak to it just a minute. I pastored for a number of years. I'm no longer pastoring. I am a truck driver who preaches. But let me just say that when I was pastoring, I found it one of my callings was to preach what I felt like the Bible taught. And if that was offensive to someone, then it was just offensive. And uh, I never did make any bones about the fact that this is what I believe. This is why I believe it. And if that was a problem and someone couldn't deal, I guess, with that particular viewpoint, it wasn't like there wasn't 153 other churches in the county they could go to. But it seems like we've left that for more of a social approach to pastoring a church instead of just preaching what we really firmly believe. I'd like for you to speak to, and you've had great experience in dealing with pastors in your ministry for decades. I mean, decades. Literally, folks, let me just say, Alan started, I think, in the early 1800s talking <laughs> with pastors. <laughs> well, it feels and, like it. But I would like for you to speak a little bit to the role of pastoral authority and how the Bible frames that. Or does the pastor have any authority to lead the church in the path that he sees in his heart that God has led him to? Well, it's we've got, I think there's probably more than two, but it looks like to me we've got two different schools of thought. One is a pastor-led church or a committee-led or elder-led church or deacon-led church or committee-led church. And so to me, it comes under the idea of let's decide who's leading this church. Now, it's not that a man can't be questioned, but you got to understand every time you stand in a pulpit, you're questioned. So it's, you can't live your life as being a preacher of the Word of God. You can't live your life being pressured by everything. I mean, we don't have a podcast, but I mean, I think our one of our podcasts, we've had 50 people question what we said. We understand that, and I don't mind any people questioning things. But you got to understand, if you're preaching or if you're standing for something, it's going to be questioned. And that's just part of the protocol. And I understand that. But what's important is that questions can turn into accusations real quick. Yeah. And you really got an accusation being made through a question. It's just manipulation is what that is. But you got to decide what kind of church you got. You know, and in some churches, you got a Presbyterian. The Presbyterian makes the dictations down to the local churches, or if you're in the local church. And to me, to have a non-denominational church that's committee-driven and not a pastor leadership-type driven, I support and think that the biblical support is God picks a man to lead a group of people. And for that leader to be criticized, I tell preachers and pastors all the time, you know, you just got to have a, you got to realize it. If, if you milk a cow, you got, you get a little cow poo on you. If that upsets you, you don't need to be milking cows because mm-hmm. every time you go in tomorrow, that's going to happen. So it's not like we're against criticism. That's not what I'm saying. But a lot of the criticism today, Jeff, are taking on this woke mentality. Right. And what I mean by that is, well, you hurt my feelings or, or I hurt your feelings. I mean, how many people, they said that he was too heavy handed. Now, are there people that can be too heavy handed? I'd say, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I'll have to say, I tell me when everybody can build it. Most pastors can be guilty of that sometime or another. Yeah. Sometimes you just. After about the 10th phone call and the 20th email, sometimes you get to a place of saturation. 
you know, and you might be a little heavy handed in a meeting or whatever. And I get that because I have to talk with pastors on that one, too. And I get that. But we cannot deny we got this woke mentality out there now from the Me Too movement and all this sort of stuff. I mean, it's all out there. It's just as woke as it can be. And I think this is infiltrating the churches, Jeff, that what's being undermined is the male figure in society. And in uh, all forms of, of our life, that the male's being destroyed as being a, we just kind of long now for the days that we were 50-50. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, the days of being 50-50 are gone now. So I think it's the woke movement disguised. I'm not saying in this guy's case, I don't know. But he had a very, he took a church and grew it to, uh, this is a Presbyterian church, I think, isn't it? Yeah. And so... He grew it and did a good job and looked like to me he was, I know he was guilty of preaching the word of God some, and I don't, but nonetheless, he's, he's resigned now. And it says on down in that article, the, what, what I think's happening, he's members of Christ Presbyterian Church voted to accept Saul's resignation during a congregational meeting on Sunday night. So he says that he'd been on an indefinite leave of absence, and then he was apologizing for unhealthy leadership style. Of course, I don't know what the man did. I mean, it could have been unhealthy. But I also know you can call anything unhealthy. Now, how in the world are you going to lead and not be criticized is my point. Anybody that wants to criticize can say, well, this is unhealthy. I mean, it's so subjective. <laughs> now, abuse should be readily observed by all. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Abuse yeah. should be obvious. But what, I don't know what is unhealthy leadership style. That is so broad. Yeah. My, I'm sure yeah. you, you could ask any one of the three of my children in growing up what I wasn't given some unhealthy leadership as I was giving some correction to their hind ends. Yeah, and right. I'm sure they would say that's unhealthy leadership. So I'm saying that's such a subjective term. Uh, now, I thought, Jeff, I mean, to me, when there's things going wrong in the church, to use the pulpit to correct that wrong, I think it's perfect. I think yeah, you I should think use the, the pulpit. God, yeah, absolutely. You, you preach it. You preach it out of the Word of God. See, here's an example of this is. Uh, and so you see what's happened is, and I'm not saying that pastors and preachers will not be guilty at times. Of course they are. But still yet to have a man resign because of saying that his preaching is unhealthy. If he's, I don't know what he's doing, but I promise you a sinner's going to say, a convicted sinner of sin is going to say that was unhealthy preaching. That was unhealthy leadership. Yes. Because yeah. uh, to not use the pulpit to correct things that are wrong, if that's off limits, that's just another way of rendering the pulpit non-effective well, or ineffective. Yeah, I got a couple of things that I think about this. Number one, there's a trend. Now, this, this is following a trend line that is promoting weak leadership above authoritative leadership. I understand that we're all human and that we're all fallible and there's only one perfect, which is Jesus Christ. I, I get that. But when a man is preaching, if you preach the Bible, if you read the Bible, you would have to arrive at the conclusion that God has an unhealthy leadership style. You would have to say that Moses had an unhealthy leadership style. I've said this before, Alan. Moses didn't gather the children of Israel at the Red Sea banks and then say, now let's take a vote as to whether or not we cross. That's right. That's, That's right. That, that didn't happen. He just <laughs> said, follow me. And they went across. That's right. So there's this trend that is promoting weak leadership over 
what I would call good leadership. And we see that in the political world, and now we see it in the church world. These are trend lines that's being followed. God Uh chooses a man and the man leads. Now, watch this. That puts more responsibility on the man leading. There's no doubt. Will he do it perfectly? No, he's not going to. But there were times, I remember when I was pastoring, when faced with direction, that there was some that wanted to go in a direction that I didn't feel like was God. And as a result of that, I had to stand, I was the one that had to stand and answer before God as to which direction that we were traveling. So decisions had to be made. And in making those decisions, that responsibility, I felt, (laughs) laid upon my shoulders as the pastor of the church at that time. Right Now, right. did I make always the right decision? No, I did. I can look back and I can point out many mistakes that I made. I had a council of men around me that I trusted for wisdom. I trusted for counsel and all the rest. But I guess what I'm driving at is, is there's a troubling trend that is occurring all across the country, and it's getting rid of pastors who firmly believe what they preach and what they say. And yeah, I think yeah. that's a troubling trend to me. I agree, totally agree. Jeff, I was, you know, with you in that one church for quite a few years. We were together. And I was with you when you made decisions. And I I don't know that I've ever said this to you, but this brings up this what I'm about ready to say. You didn't have a perfect record of perfect decisions. Right. But as running with you, I can say this. When you made a decision. It was hardly ever off. It was if you didn't make a decision that things went haywire. That, you know, that's, that, that's, that's just right. the truth. Now that if you if if you made the decision, we'd run fine. If you or if you didn't make it or held too long in making one, then right. then we tended to have to have not trouble. go well. So that's I submit exactly. to you, the lack of decision is by far much worse. Yeah, that's right. Uh, than of, making of the, of the leader. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I, very honest. I agree with that, and I think that that's. And don't you think, Alan, that we're seeing that even in the political world today? Oh, I yes, was. Yeah, li- I, do. I was a little bit taken back. I've never seen anything like this before. But I think it was yesterday at a Senate hearing. One of the senators basically laid down the gauntlet to a union boss witness, and took his jacket off and coat off and challenged him to a fight. And, (laughs) you know, and I I know that seems barbaric and uncivilized and all the rest. I understand that. But I have to say it was a little bit refreshing to have somebody (laughs) so passionate that he was willing to fight for what he believed. And I ain't that the truth. Yeah. And I kind of wish we had some pastors that was that hard-lined in this day. And, you know, I guess people, you know, I'm going to say this, and maybe I shouldn't, but I was raised. Well, you done got us us in trouble on that last statement. So go ahead. Go ahead. I was raised independent Baptist and um, in many ways, and I'm, I've tried to, re, you know, at 60 years old, I've reflected back over a lot of things. I guess I say this, I didn't necessarily leave the independent Baptist. If I look at myself today, I'm still independent Baptist. I would have to say that in some ways the independent Baptist left me, but yeah. I never did leave them. And there was things about that culture that I can relate to thoroughly, especially even being in the military. I served in the military with the 82nd Airborne Division at Fort Bragg for three years. And I'll tell you, there was a lot of parallels. Here's one parallel that I can draw. In the independent Baptist world, the pastor led the church. It didn't mean that he didn't seek counsel, and it didn't mean 
that everybody agreed with him. And I have uh-huh. been, I have seen where pastors have actually changed their course because uh-huh. of the wisdom and the counsel of the men around him. I right. have seen that. I've watched that. But at the end of the day, the pastor led the church. And uh-huh. I think that's a model that's set forth in the Word of God. And it comes with a greater responsibility. I certainly understand that part thoroughly. But mm-hmm. I, I got to say that to me, that's a lot healthier. And I think it's closer to the Word of God than in many cases what we have today, where you get a conglomeration of people together and then you kind of hash it out and vote on who has the best idea. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that one work. Somebody's got to lead. Well, I mean, you can take that most... Uh... A lot of corporations in this day have tried this new leadership style where nobody has a boss. Yeah. And then you, you go into the corporate office building and a lot of them, you don't even have a nameplate. You don't even know what your job description is. And that's But right. it just so happens most of those this day and time is falling by the wayside because that didn't work out too good. That didn't work out real well. Yeah, yeah. No, it didn't work out. And I mean, our founding fathers even had enough sense to know you couldn't run it just by the House of Representatives and the Senate. They said, well, you're going to have to still have somebody at the top. Somebody's got to call some calls, whatever. That's exactly right. And so to not see that that style, that model is the, of course, it's a biblical model, you know, that God, God's the one that came up with it, not us. And there's another part too, Jeff, that people are discounting. And that is you take a pastor or a preacher he can do right and he can do wrong. The only thing I can tell you, he's got God to answer to. That's and, exactly and don't you right. think for a minute that God mm-hmm. won't deal with that pastor. Now, and don't think for a minute don't that you, pastor don't feel the weight of that. Because and don't think do. you don't know it. That's right. Yeah. So, right. so or, it or seems like. No, it's worth his salt. They know it. Yeah. They know that's what right. they're yeah. they, That's right. And I know people want to make the church into a democracy, so to speak, or a majority rules anyway. And and that's just not the biblical model. I don't see that as a well, biblical you know, I, model. I would, I would even offer this, Al. There is coming two world leaders in our future. One is the Antichrist. Right. He will be destroyed by the Christ. That's right. And you know what? Leadership will be formed at the top. One by the Antichrist and one by the Christ. The model of that, as it flows downward, is the same. And I do believe that the world is clamoring, even when they are opposing leadership, that's what they're clamoring for is leadership. What seems to be happening is if you don't lead me where I want to go, I'm going to fire you and choose another leader. And that seems to be the trend line that's going on in the church. And I think it's more dangerous in the church than it is in the political world. I just believe it's more dangerous. Mm -hmm. I don't like where this trend line's leading us. And furthermore, I have to say, as a result of all of this, we find very few and fewer and fewer people that are accepting the call of God to walk in that role of leadership. Very see, there's another. See, I'm going to use this pastor as an example, this Scott Sauls in this article, Jeff. It says that the church voted to accept Saul's resignation during a congregational meeting on Sunday night, November 12th, which that's just a 
few days ago. Here's what, as I'm looking at these, this statement in this article, this is what sticks out to me somewhat to be a point of concern. And it is where it says Saul's resignation. A resignation or resigning is the opposite of God has called uh, Saul's to another post, to another place, or to step down, or whatever. Nowhere, Saul's resignation leads me to believe, and it says during a congregational meeting, it appears to me that resignation means that he is doing, he's resigning because of pressure. Here it says this, it says, in addressing the congregation, Saul's apologized to those he had hurt, and said that he and his family would continue to serve Jesus. We had hoped, now watch this, we had hoped to continue forward and help with CPC, yeah. church's initials. Saul's told the congregation during the meeting. Yeah. yeah that's what his hope was. So to yeah. me, I, his hope to me was his call. Sure. Was to continue forward with the church. Mm-hmm. So Saul's told the congregation during the meeting, according to the Tennessean, which first reported the news of Saul's resignation, but it says that he then went on to say, that's the pastor, but we now believe the most merciful thing. Well, merciful means we're at huge conflict here. Yeah. Somebody's got to yield, so it's going to be me. The yeah. most merciful thing to do is to step aside so yeah. the church can seek new leadership and we can seek the Lord's will for whatever comes next. So anyway, you read this, he's being pressured not to be a leader. And he is evidently in their governmental structure. Uh, it looks like to me it's forced resignation. It's I nowhere do we see any indication that God's led him to that because he's using the word merciful. The right. most merciful thing to do is to step aside. And I get that. I mean, I do understand that. There again, I don't know what the governmental situation is there. But I can say this. Whoever's putting the pressure for it to work this way, mm-hmm. whoever's putting that pressure on, is I would have great concern for that. I would too, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Because we people continually want to run this thing like it's a, a state in the union. It's North Carolina, South Carolina, it's CPC church or something. It's like it's like we're gonna have a, a vote here and the majority we got some upset people and so therefore whatever. If God's leading something, I don't know of anywhere he's took a vote with Israel. It's like God put somebody right. to lead them. So I don't know. I'm not saying in Christianity and with pastors, it's, we do it perfectly, Jeff. Neither one of us are saying that. But I am saying we have gotten away from letting the pastor lead a group, lead the church. We've gotten and, away from uh, it, yeah. And you and I, and now there's a lot of people out there flat disagree with me and you on this oh, topic. Yeah, because people think that it's uh, most churches think you're a committee led church. I dealt with a church here a few weeks ago it was a committee led church. Mm-hmm. They said that pastor wasn't doing <clears throat> as much work as the committee said they should. So they cut his salary. Yeah, <laughs> the committee. Said, and so they were using the salary as a, a leverage. A yeah, a weapon against the pastor. And I'm like, what? What is this is more like a, a club. Are you trying to run a club? Your business don't even run this way. So anyway, I, what I sense, Jeff, the big picture is that it's still this. Everything's got its own personal situations. But this is also a trend of a church is running pastors off and not allowing them. You can be a pastor to church, but be so stripped of any leadership authority that you're basically just well to be in the groom closet. And yeah. our concern is that the the point of a pastor in this day and time is not regarded as not 
truly honored like it used to be, Jeff. It's really not. And I think, you know, again, I'm more concerned this I'm concerned with this article, but I'm concerned that this is a growing trend line across the body of Christ. Wow. And I think yeah. that we've adopted it as a mainline philosophy of how to run a church. It bothers me deeply. I think it bothers is, me. I don't uh, know how yeah. you're going to get these days that we're going in, going into the things are getting worse and worse. Jeff, a committee's not going to, if, no. if you don't have a leader in these churches to stand up in these days we're living in, yeah, the church won't uh, survive. The, they won't survive. Total influence will be gone. That's total, exactly Total right. influence will be gone. And that's our concern, I think, don't yeah, you? Yeah, boy, that's exactly right. So really, poor leadership is at the pinnacle of what our nation faces and what the church faces. Wow. And it's happening simultaneously. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's sad. It sure that is. is. That's scary. All right, buddy. This is our podcast for today. We're concerned on uh, churches going away from letting a pastor lead the church. You and I think this is a almost getting to epidemic proportions yes. yep. and think we need to be praying for our pastors. And we're calling our pastors to stand up and lead. And stand and, firm. Uh, yeah. I don't know, Jeff. I almost think more of a pastor if he gets thrown out of a church than I do if he resigns. Yeah, but that's the reason, reason I'm a dairy farmer. That's the reason yeah, I'm a dairy And farmer. that's why I'm a truck driver now instead of a pastor. So there you <laughs> are. Just there you are. Right. Yeah. Lord right. help us. Jesus Lord, help us. Lord help us in Jesus' name. And yeah. there we have it on the Smith & Rowland Show. That's our opinion. I don't know what everybody yep. else's is, but I'm sure we're going to find out. I hope we hear from you. <laughs> yeah, come on. Give us keep him cards go, letters coming in. Yeah, that's right. Go to YouTube. You can write to us under there. You can go to yeah. Facebook or you can go to the Kingdom Prophetic Society dot org. Yeah. And send us send us a note and we encourage you to watch us on Unplugged or listen to us on Unplugged each week on our unplugged channels, which we do video on Sunday. Yep. We have just audio podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcast, Amazon, and Audible. And so you can get a hold of us up. at the Smith and Roland Show at gmail.com. Send That's them emails. Send them emails in. Yes. That's exactly right. Okay, buddy. All right, uh, you be careful. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay doke. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thank you for joining today's Smith & Rowland Show. You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrollandshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.